You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Building the Broncos or Broncos for Breakfast Part 2, a second breakfast for you uh, Tolkien fans out there. But welcome in, guys. It's Tuesday night running a little late, a little bit. I know typically we're pretty uh, on time, but that's okay. You guys are you guys are fine. You're waiting for your Broncos, and uh, hopefully this will be a show worth waiting for. Scott, how you doing, bud? How were how was uh, how was dinner? Dinner was good. I just got done eating. It was hot enough that I think I'm I'm wiping beads of sweat off of my forehead, but uh, you know, burn my mouth trying to be in a hurry. But you know, the things we do for love. So no, it's 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 good to be here. I'm enjoying doing this. I'm looking forward to having Carl back. But while he's gone, it's 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 an honor for me to uh, to fill in for him. Yeah, we do miss Carl. Um, it's a little bit uh, touch and go right now with what his situation is as far as coming back to the U.S. But we'll we'll cross that bridge when it, when he gets there. He's fine. He's safe. Nobody panic. Nobody send the National Guard or whatever the heck would go on over there. He's good. But uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, but guys, yeah, let's get right into it before we even get to the Super Chats. Of course, this is Building the Broncos. Every Tuesday night, we're going to be going live at 6 o'clock Mountain Time, God's Time. Typically, it'll be Carl and myself. But today, it's Scott and me. Um, you can follow us both on Twitter. Scott at Scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're make sure you're following us at BTB Football Pod as well as at Mile High Huddle. Um, if you guys like the gear, like the stuff going on, I need to get the uh, Broncos for Breakfast gear going on. We got to get those mugs, Chad, at some point. Um, but the uh, guys go to HuddleUpPod.com, get your swag on. I got the Building the Broncos hat right now. Going to be getting that uh, Broncos for Breakfast hat very soon as well. I'm very happy that it's black too because I. It goes with all my Iowa Hawkeye stuff as well. So now I don't have to just run home and change so that way I'm wearing the navy blue with the black. That's very upsetting to me when people do that. So I make sure I not to do that. Lots of blue in the closet. Lots. A lot so of blue. Like, with the blue, bluish background, I try and go black though a lot of the times. Yeah. Uh, my uh, grandfather in law uh, recently passed, but he always would say uh, any color as long as it's blue. So I try to live by that. So that's a good phrase. Um, guys, also follow us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle. And facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod, become a supporter. And for you YouTube listeners, please subscribe, like, and share. Uh, leave a comment on YouTube. That way, you guys know when we go live and you can join us. And we got shows every single weeknight and every Tuesday and Thursday morning. So, plenty of content for you guys, something always new going on on this channel. And obviously, talking about stuff that's new and going on, uh, Scott, we have a giveaway that's uh, winding down here pretty soon. Yeah, we're getting close. You know, the idea was uh, 100%, 250,000 stars, and they will raffle off the Justin Simmons jersey like they did the Von Miller jersey, won by Howie frickin' Day. I just like saying that. Appreciate yeah. that. Uh, won it last month, and 96% complete with 10% of the month left. I feel good about this one. I feel good about this one. Just under 10,000 stars left. Uh, if you look at the top this month for top stars, you see uh, Samisi Muti, Michael Renquilo, Randy Jones. We scroll down just a little bit more. We got Zeus McPeak. I still feel bad calling him Zeus. I don't, do not like calling people by their nicknames unless I know them, but I feel like I know Zeus. So that's close enough. Uh, Joshua Shadow, Travis Weber, Gary Leeds Palmer, big supporter of all of our shows, Chris Hernandez, Peter Middleton, and Claude Riley rounding up the top 10. Now, in order to be eligible for the raffle, you need to have at least 500 stars. And on YouTube, I don't have that. that The top five hasn't changed if you've watched that. The top five, if you make the top five on YouTube, you will be included in the raffle as well. So we're not forgetting our YouTube audience. And the Justin, here we go. Michaela Parker, Chris Hernandez, Mark Langley, Stu Zeus McPeak, and uh, Christy. I don't know Christy's last name, but she goes by KR on here. So... Uh, and then just outside of the top five, Seth, Brian, Naj, Kiaka. Uh, so it's been a good month, good month with uh, with uh, Mile High Huddle and all of the different channels and avenues that we produce content on. And it's been a good new, good month for the Broncos. 3-0, some Broncos better than others. Isn't that right, Nick? Hello, Nick. Nick? Did Nick freeze up on me? Did I freeze up on everybody else? He looks awfully still there, doesn't he? So, someone want to type in the chat and say, hey, Scott, uh, you're good, but Nick's frozen up again. Um, that's what's going on with the Facebook and YouTube. So, appreciate you coming in. And, uh, Nick, are you back with me? Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because – 
They save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Handily, I might add. And it sounds like Nick is back with us. Oh, man. Uh, went missing in action there for one second. The internet uh, sometimes, especially around 5 o'clock, I think everybody gets on. And, Rush uh, hour kind of, at Nick's house. Yeah, things just kind of fall apart. But uh, we're here. Um, we're doing okay. We're hanging on. And uh, that's something the Broncos have not been doing so far. They've been beating these teams handily. I heard what you were talking about there. And uh, what I love, and this is something that, you know, somebody being involved in the game and talking with coaches over the time, especially at the lower levels, high school and college, um, Broncos right now, they're still a young offense and uh, they're doing something right now where they're winning football games pretty handily and they're still making mistakes and they're having very coachable moments in these wins where it's not even that close, right? Like uh, Javante Williams, uh, Noah Fant, both these guys making mistakes in this last game, didn't have great games. Um, and you got uh, Quinn Miners uh, not having the best game either in limited action and Tane Moody had a solid game. Um, but these guys, you know, they're, they're learning as they go and they're making mistakes, but they're not costing the Broncos games right now. And the coaches can come back and say, see, look what you did right here. X, Y, Z, you got to do ABC and uh, we're still winning, but now they have stuff that they can correct. So it's honestly the best case scenario for a coach that's trying to build something with this team, which is what's obviously happening here for this team this season. Yeah. Leading up to a leading up to the playoffs, you might see a team bump their toe, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and lose a game or something like that. And you hear coaches say all the time, you know, honestly, that's the best thing that could have happened to us. It brings everybody back onto a level and says, you know, we're not that great. We've talked about this before, Nick, where, you know, they, you don't need that now. It's only three and oh, you're not saying, oh, yeah, I'll mm-hmm. to be OK. No, you, you, you always want to win all your games. But what you're saying is there's mistakes being made and you're still winning. So you still have those teachable moments yep. without having to actually lose the game. So, yeah, you can turn a negative into a positive pretty easily. Yep. And if these guys are playing perfect, what are the coaches even going to say to them? You know, you got to keep these guys engaged and moving forward. And uh, hopefully you're going to see that with this team. But uh, speaking of moving forward, um, I did see there was a $10 super chat, but because I had to leave and come back, it's gone now. Um, I don't know if you have that. The ability I can't to pull find it up. on. I was just looking. I'll, I'll, I'll find it. I'll find it and okay. we'll drop it in there real quick. So if you can, if you can monologue for 60 seconds, I'll find it. We got Nathan here too, uh, coming in here. Nathan Lee to Layla or, Lee Tuala coming in here. Thank you very much, Nathan. $2 over on YouTube. And he says, man, I love this comment so much. The pettiness is brilliant. Uh, Hope McManus wins the game Sunday with a 67-yard field goal. Uh, Just outdoing uh, Justin Tucker, who just broke the Broncos, uh, Matt Prater's 64-yard field goal uh, record just recently. That would be hilarious. Of course, the Ravens fans and faithful would say, well, it doesn't count. Uh, because it was at mile high air, right? It's a little, the ball will travel a little bit farther there, but news for you. They all hilarious. count. They all count. Just like beating the jets, Jags and giants. They might be 0 nine combined, but those wins count just the same in the stats column as beating chiefs or top Tampa Bay or anything like that. So uh, they count, but uh, thank you so much for your comment, Nathan. I'm here for it. I don't want a game that close. I want the Broncos to come in here and, punch the Ravens because a lot of people, the Broncos are a joke right now, as much as a three and O team can be a joke, right? Like, Oh, they haven't played anybody. I've seen the memes out there. Everybody's seen the memes. Um, if they come out here and stifle the Ravens and beat them by, you know, a touchdown plus people can be like, okay, Denver's here. This defense is real. Teddy Bridgewater steering the ship. This team can hang with about anybody. Yeah, there was uh, I didn't see the other super. I don't I don't know. I think we may have been seeing things. So if, if you happen to get one, first came you know, hit us up on Twitter or something. But I checked the, the back end and so far the only one I saw was uh, was was Nathan on there. Um, you know, I honestly think the, the that Denver's holding some back. I, I really yeah, do. You know, cool. they, they haven't had to show everything, you know, 
do you really it's like we'll go in and kick a field goal i'm okay with that we'll extend the lead again and again and again and not show everything we have to show i i firmly believe the broncos have been holding back because they've been dominating these games you know even if it's not on the scoreboard where you're winning a college football style you know 70 to 3 as far as the nfl go these have been three of the most dominant consecutive victories you're gonna find yeah and advanced analytics uh even say that uh the Broncos should have been won by more. I mean, they've left points on the field and there's been some fluky uh, touchdowns given up as well. You have Albert Okwebenam fumbling the ball with goal to go situation. You have Javonta Williams fumbling it on first and three from the New York Jets three. I mean, that's that's a touchdown, right? That's that uh, should be a touchdown. You got three chances. two and on a small sample size, 14 points is a lot. Yep. And then you have the 100 plus yard kickoff return. I mean, you're going to see maybe you won't see that again this year. Probably everyone knock on wood because Denver's deep special teams is a wild ride. Um, but uh, you're probably not going to see another special teams touchdown given up by the Broncos. So that's another fluky one. And then Daniel Jones running in as the clock expires, as the game is over. I mean, that's 28 points right there. That could gone <laughs> the opposite way. So while the Broncos will play nobody, they're whipping these teams right yeah, now. It's 20, not like, you know, 10 points a game. Yeah, ten, 10 point. That's a that's a yep. lot of points. Claude, yep. as Claude Riley says here, with this appreciate the stars, Claude, a win is a win. Go Broncos. Yep, it's not like college football where you have to you know impress the selection committee or anything like that. You know the beauty pageant of winning big. Uh, they all count the same in the NFL. You don't have to apologize. Broncos don't have to apologize to anybody for beating we, the teams start, that are in front of them. Start talking about winning and Gino Toretta or not Gino Toretta. What's uh, I was trying to go with a, a Fast and the Furious reference where you know. He goes with winning, winning, but I, I, I blew it. It's okay. That's okay. Um, and yeah, oh, another one here. Uh, KJ Hamler dropped a touchdown that first game. Did the Broncos go on to score a point still on that drive, though? Otherwise, if they didn't, then that's another seven. If they still just went on to score points, then is what it is. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think they ended up punting on that drive. I don't remember for sure. Didn't matter. And that's the thing is, it didn't matter. You, you dominated that game. Yep. <laughs> Just dominated it, okay. And and Jeremy says it was a it was a a long, long touchdown TD on that one. Uh, okay. But like I said, I don't I don't remember because it didn't affect the game really. Yeah. Dom Toretta, thank you. Gino was a quarterback. There we go. <laughs> Dom, Dominic, it was Dominic, not Gino. Gino was a Heisman winning trophy quarterback for the Miami Hurricanes. Dominic yeah. Toretta was uh, lead in Vin Diesel lead in Fast and the Furious, and like you said, winning's winning. And uh, Kenneth is right here. Judy got hurt on the next play. So luckily Judy will be coming back at some point. I'm excited to see what uh, David Moore can do as well. And I know there was a lot of, I'll just call it out. I, there's a lot of hand wringing um, with the, uh, the Broncos trade of Trinity Benson, but you got a fifth round pick back and maybe even a better wide receiver in David Moore that you picked up off the practice squad. I mean, you can find wide receiver fours and fives in the league pretty constantly right now. Now getting those top guys and the Broncos should be okay, especially with Judy coming back. Uh, Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, and now David Moore. Losing Cajun Hamler sucks. Like, no doubt about it. He's a unique player. But you can find deep Here, wide receivers. Here's the interesting question. The the Carolina Panthers are 3-0, and and they're paying about half of the Denver Broncos' salary, too. So they're funding two 3-0 and teams this year. Yeah. So Carolina, good on you. Appreciate, appreciate it. You guys could be really good, really, really good if you, you know, spend all that money on your own team. Yeah, no, that's uh, <laughs> that's true. They are three. You know, they look pretty good. That defense looks good. They just got a good trade. Also, get bringing in C.J. Henderson for a third, um, which I mean, wow, C.J. Henderson's wow, had given up. Now, if you're a quarterback, you get two number ones out of that. But since you're a cornerback, yeah. they were trying to get rid of. That's a pretty good risk. I mean, that's yeah. that's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good risk reward to send a third for him who went what nine nine, nine? okay went nine yeah, just a year ago. Nine. Yep, because the Broncos were picking no the who was picking ten. 10 was a, the, maybe the, the Browns. AJ Terrell went pretty quick right 16. after that, but yeah, I don't I know if you, I don't remember if he went 10 for, to the, to the Falcons. Yeah. I think, the, I think Terrell went 16, um, which was great because that's who the Raiders want. And they ended up taking Damon Arnett, who has been terrible, <laughs> which is, I just, I'm all about the Raider, Raiders making bad picks. I saw somebody earlier before my uh, internet completely went out saying, Oh man, it'd be great to see the Broncos and the Raiders play uh, a five and O five and versus five and O in a couple weeks. No, it wouldn't. Screw the Raiders. You think I'm cheering for the Raiders to win two games? You're out of your damn yeah, mind. You don't, have, you don't have to worry about getting people to tune into a game. This is the NFL. People are yeah. watching the NFL. I hope the Raiders are three and two hell. I wish they're two and three. I hope the NFL takes away a win of theirs. They didn't deserve it. Uh, so that's uh, that's what I'm about here. I, I cannot stand the Raiders. So um, how much have you watched? Because the other person that got signed with the two guys going on IR 
was was David Moore, the wide receiver David Moore, got mm-hmm. signed to the practice squad either yesterday or the day before. Yesterday. And got signed to the full squad again. And that's who I was referencing. Um, he's getting he got $1.2 million signing bonus. And I don't I don't think he played a snap for Carolina. Um and uh so you know they're paying he's sitting there counting his money from Carolina while he's playing for the Panthers, same as Teddy Bridgewater. Um, yeah. I haven't watched him a ton. Uh, you know, I can just look at the the basics. You know, six foot, two hundred fifteen pounds. That's a that's a big receiver. Um, you know, that's that's running back size and a wide receiver skill set. Um, and then I can look at the numbers and do all that stuff. But you guys are watching this on the internet. You can too. As far as a legit scouting report, I haven't watched him a ton. So Nick, I don't know if you have either. Uh, I watched him at Seattle. Um, I think the Broncos got him off the Raiders uh, practice squad because the Panthers cut him when they went down to fifty three. Um, and I think he's been a pretty good receiver. He's somebody that they had him and they were using a lot of 11 personnel in Seattle. Um, and it was, he was like a good number three wide receiver, but not one that you wanted to be your number three, right? Like, it's like, oh man, I just wish I had one more quality guy above him because if he could be that guy off the bench, that'd be incredible. But like, he's not that tier where you want him to be one of your top three. So yeah, that's and, and, and 2 million, you know, 2 million a year is decent money for a number three type of guy where you're normally, you're hoping that guy's a, as you you like to say all the time, a cost controlled draft, uh, you know, draft pick yeah. as, as your number three. So I can see where they may, you know, let's pay six hundred thousand dollars a year for the next two years. You know, spread that across, lose one point two million instead of four for a guy we'd rather have down the road. But <clears throat> for the Broncos right now, it certainly makes a lot of sense. And 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 Jelly appreciate that. Feels like a new name. So Jelly, I appreciate the uh, yeah, the, the super chat there. And Butch Butch coming in right after Jelly. With uh, with the stars, thanks, Butch. And then, uh, and then right after Butchwood, all oh, my chat just jumped. But it was Gary. Gary came in here and, and dropped a bunch of stars too. So I think we needed about a hundred thousand stars today to get goal, and I think that's about twelve percent. So and we're only eighteen minutes in, so we got a chance to get goal today with two days to spare. Let's do it, baby. I love it. Gary leads Palmer. Love you too, buddy. Um, when we beat the Ravens, I love Gary for the, just the confidence here. Hey, Gary and Ernie Mays, man, confident as hell. I love it. Uh, the conversation will change. Get those stars in. Go Broncos. Beat the Ravens. Uh, yeah, I think that the Broncos, even if they win, you know, let's say last second field goal, people will be like, okay, Broncos beat the Ravens at home. They're for real. They're here to stay. They're for real. Um, obviously, the Broncos can't keep dropping like flies on the injury front to stay real, but um, that's a different conversation entirely. But I think the way this defense is playing right now with how they're leaving points in left field, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is playing as good as any quarterback in football right now. He'd be in the MVP conversation if he came in with more pomp and circumstance or touchdowns where the Broncos are just right now handing it off, which is fine, but he's killing it. I mean, they should be in conversation. That's a good point because it's not – his numbers are good. But you start talking intangibles. You start talking, looking for a reason not to give it to the same two or three guys every year. And what Teddy is doing with this team and how he's being talked about with the leadership and you know the solidarity, he would absolutely he 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 actually would be one of the front runners for MVP right now with the numbers that he's putting up putting up as well. So that's a, that's a good shout. Uh, Andrew coming in with the stars. What up, Nick and Scott? Would have loved to see you guys at the meet, but had a hell of time. Uh, we weren't there, so you didn't no. miss us. Um, we missed you. We missed not seeing y'all. And uh, next time we do this, I'm looking forward to, to trying it out there. I, I was Delta Platinum living in Atlanta and L.A. for like 10 straight years. And I haven't been on a plane in almost two years. So I'm, uh, I, I, need to, I need to go somewhere that, my, that I can't just drive. So I think the last time I was in a, on a plane was January of 2020. So it's, it's, been, it's been a few. Andrew, and uh, appreciate, appreciate the, the contribution. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. And I'm from the Midwest, so uh, if it's under 24 hours, it's drivable. Um, that's just the rule. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I appreciate, appreciate that, Andrew. Um, next time, we'll try to get out there. I'm definitely going to get tickets, as long as it doesn't fall on a gosh darn wedding. I have like three fall weddings in 2022, unfortunately. But uh, and I love you, yeah. Alyssa, my sister. You're, you're, you're that age. Um, yeah, let's yeah, see. Give it about eight more years, and you'll Kids. be having the round of second weddings from mm. all the divorces that happen in the next four years. Yeah, yeah, that's a. <laughs> we're gonna think happy thoughts though, right now. But yeah, no, definitely. We'll try to get out there. Unfortunately, once you start getting into your late forties and early fifties, you get together for much less happy situations. Is the only time you seem to see everybody. Then the funerals start coming. Unfortunately, so yeah. <laughs> walk of life. All right, let's uh, let's, let's bring this. Up. Here we go. Let's uh, sorry to put a bummer on that one, but uh, 
Base Gase really real. uh, comes in with a super says, who are your top five QBs for the 2022 draft? Really hoping we draft Matt Corral, as I'm assuming it's Corral and not Coral. See, I'm better with the Spanish names. They actually make sense uh, as an heir to Teddy. What do you think about that? I think Matt Corral right now is my number one quarterback in this upcoming draft. Um, Nick Saban was heaping praise on him today. I'm stoked beyond belief for that Ole Miss-Alabama game. Um, it's coming up this week. I know that Ole Miss has had a, uh, a week to prepare as well. So that should be a lot of fun. Um, but Matt Corral, right? I mean, he's a good athlete. He's really twitched up, um, which I love for my quarterback. You know, he just, his movements are just boom, boom, boom. Um, and he's got a live arm as well. He is way too much of a gunslinger sometimes. I think he had like a six interception game or a five interception game last year um, where he got, they got behind and he was just like, okay, I just, I'm just going to throw it away like constantly. Um, but he has the tools and he's, Right now, probably the Heisman front runner as well. So uh, he's been really good. Um, other quarterbacks, I really do like Malik Willis. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw that Bo Nix got benched also. I was talking about Auburn. So they let Malik so, Willis go. You know, I, I, was, I was thinking about you because you're the one that told me that, you know, someone put him as the number one overall. I'm like, that person should never be allowed to write mocks, evaluations ever again. I don't even know who it was. I don't care. Uh, but that that should never happen. I mean, come on yeah. now. Uh, it's just, that's just crazy. Um, but some other quarterbacks, I'm not sure if he's eligible yet, but Tua Tagovailoa's brother, um, uh, is killing it at Maryland right now. Um, so he's one to watch out for as well. He's probably the best quarterback in the big 10 this year. Um, I'm not the biggest Keaton Slovis guy. I think Desmond, uh, Ritter is fine. I don't love him. Sam Howell. Fine. I don't love him. Uh, I love the tools of, uh, the Spencer. quarterback for Spencer Rattler. Mm-hmm. He's been playing like a, a dumb idiot this year so he he plays the game really cocky um you know and it's okay to play the game with with arrogance but he you know he's really like super lazy with some of the things he does like you know i'm just gonna start if you picture the bad worst version of what you just saw from zach wilson like his his worst throws it's very similar to what you see with spencer rattler where it's just like i've got so much arm talent that i can do whatever i want to do and that's a bad way to go uh, as soon as you said six interceptions for Corral, I I cringe just a little bit. I'm like, that sounds like another former Denver quarterback who played in the SEC named Jay Cutler, who I have often referred to as the dumbest smart guy I ever scouted. Um, so I'm not going to make that comment on Corral yet until I see some of the circumstances around it. But playing, seeing a guy play and trying to elevate a team that isn't as good as he is talent-wise – and I don't know if Jay Cutler has just always been like that or if he just got in some bad habits at Vanderbilt that he could never get out of. But he he always tried to do too much, and that never stopped. It never He never grew out of that. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you there. Um, Jay Cutler, really toolsy, kind of a uh, talk around Denver. It's that yeah, he enjoyed to partake in extracurriculars off the field as well that were the – the types that make you stay home and eat uh, Lay's potato chips. Um, so uh, Denise Phillips coming in here um, with the Facebook comment. Um, and the, or the stars. Face- yep. the stars. Appreciate you, Denise. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, we really appreciate that. And, man, you guys are inching us close to the uh, to that star goal. So keep them coming. We appreciate it. Um, I think we do have to talk about our, uh, our main topic today, which was Brett Rippon um, being elevated to the Broncos' active roster. Um, which is good for Brett. Um, he is a future coach in this league. Uh, we see a lot of people making jokes about uh, Kellen Moore, who's the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys right now, that they should just fire Mike McCarthy at half and give the job to Kellen Moore because the offense for Dallas is great and Mike McCarthy is just a kind of a rambling bloke. I don't know. I don't want to say anything that's not a PG, but not not the best. Uh, did you did you watch the game last night where he did not take the timeout? I mean, what the heck is he doing? The refs even I, like, hey, watched, don't take a timeout here. I watched uh, the middle parts of it until uh, Dallas got the their one of their touchdowns and made it like thirty-one to fourteen or something, where it made it three scores. I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm I yeah. can't play that late. Yeah, the man Jalen Hurts had a great game against the Falcons, <laughs> but it's fallen off quickly since then. Um, so we'll see what happens from there. But um. Yeah, no, we want to talk a little bit about Brett Rippon, and we have the comment here. I think Mike Kliss quoted this one as well, uh, saying that it's from Jay Tust at uh, KTB or KTVB Sports Guy um, on Twitter, working for uh, down there in Texas, uh, in Houston, saying, according to a source, the Texans were the ones who showed interest in Denver quarterback Brett Rippon, escalated quickly, forcing the Broncos to make a decision. 
Rippon, who's in his third NFL season, has appeared in three games for Denver and is 1-0 as a starter. I think Benjamin Albright also said that it was Cleveland. Uh, the Cleveland Browns showed interest as well. I'm not sure exactly how um, accurate that one is. I feel like it kind of, that one kind of got walked back when it came out that it was actually the Texans. Um, but uh, either way, Britt Rippon, now on the active roster, the Broncos have three quarterbacks. Um, any thoughts here? I mean, obviously, Britt Rippon is a – we haven't seen that much of him. He's very, very limited in what he can do. Very smart guy. The Broncos rave about him being like an extra coach in the quarterback room, um, but probably not a guy you want to see on the field. Well, I think, uh, you know, there, there we go. That, that's what it is right there. James James has the answer, and this is what it's all about. We're going to tra- trade Brett Rippon for, for Deshaun Watson straight up. Uh, no, just kidding. Um, does it make sense? Do you do sign in trades? You know, now that he now that he's elevated, now if you want him, send us a sixth or a seventh. You're not going to get him for nothing. We'll pay him a week's game check uh, if you want him. We we want something for it. So that makes sense to me. I mean, he's not going to play. Um, why have him on the active roster? It costs you, you. You had an open spot anyway, but it makes sense to me that now you you've you can have a, a trade for it. You're not going to get him for nothing. We'll we'll sign him and then you can send us a draft pick. That makes sense to me. Yeah, uh, it makes a lot of sense to me as well. Um, do you think that this means anything for Drew Locke? I know a lot of people were like pointing at like, oh man, trade Drew Locke. I know there's a lot of memes of Drew Locke like in the Steelers uniform or an Eagles uniform or a Texans uniform. Any thoughts about potentially moving Locke now? No, I don't I don't think it means anything. What, what's the, the minimum NFL salary right now? It's it's like 600 grand. So divide that by 17 weeks. You're talking $45,000, $50,000 uh, a week. So, you know, in, in soccer, they talk about getting paid for the week. So he's $50,000 a week that you can now trade him and get a draft pick for it. That's And how long does it take you to do that? Is it worth that much in order to get that pick back? So it wouldn't surprise me. That, that'd be my guess. That's what makes the most sense to me. Does it mean anything for Drew Lock? No, no, no. Brett, you, you can run Drew Lock out there as a starter and feel pretty good about it. You can't say the same thing for Brett Rippon. If, if, if Drew Locke was gone and Teddy Bridgewater goes down, you're in trouble. You're in yep. deep trouble. And there's so th- this doesn't have any impact at all, in my opinion, on Drew Locke. I agree with you completely. Uh, this is a Broncos team that is three and zero right now. However, the the schedule is about to get much tougher um, going forward. I think sharp uh, football an- analytics have the Broncos having the hardest schedule in football going forward, um, which are at least one of the top more difficult schedules for the Broncos. Well, you and, got a pregame uh, cushion already. Yes, exactly. That's what you look you go, at. It, uh, you go three and six over the next nine and you're 500 and you're right there in the playoff hunt with, with five games to go or, yep. all right, where's my math? Jesus. Yeah, that was right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, I was right. the one. yeah, that was but right. I was like nine games minus 17. That's eight game. No, we already played three dumb, dumb. So, you know, um, yeah. that, you know, you're right there in the hunt. So you got a three game cushion. Thank you. Good job. Exactly uh, Andrew comes in with the stars again. Appreciate you, Andrew. Says, luckily we had depth, but now our depth needs depth. So where do we go? And, and that's something that Nick and I have talked about a lot, is you're still better off at almost every position than, than most NFL teams. I mean, you've got two stud wide receivers right now. Mm-hmm. Who, who and another I mean, one coming. There's, yeah, there's that happens in a lot of different places, but there's a lot of teams that don't have two stud receivers. There's only one football. Yep. Noah Fant is still a good receiver. Okawaganam is still a good receiver. I screwed that up. Uh, you got two good, two good coming out of uh, two good running backs right now. Um, you can get a guy that can replace the the production of KJ Hamler. Maybe not the fear factor of KJ Hamler, but now if there's another injury, now you're getting nervous. Now it's now it's now I'm nervous about injuries. You know, before it's like okay, if we have some injuries, we're, we have depth. Well, now we've got injuries, and mm-hmm. now we don't have depth. Now another injury could be devastating. And, uh, you know, it's some of the key positions, especially linebacker uh, and wide receiver. Yep. No, you're 100% correct. Uh, that's Luckily, most of these guys are going to come back. Uh, Josie Jewell and KJ Hamler right now are the only truly impactful uh, season-ending IR injuries. Um, but you have to, you know, keep everything going forward right now. You're waiting for those guys to come back. So uh, hopefully it will not be detrimental, but that's, I mean, this is where your coaches, this is where your NFL league, the league scouts, not the college scouts, but the NFL scouts make their money, right? Like besides going out and signing David Mo- or yeah, David Moore, 
um, that was a NFL scout saying like, okay, this is, we evaluate this guy out of the practice squad. This is the guy that fits what we believe the coaches want to do. That's the most talented that we can get. Um, and they go out there and get him. It's also nice having a little room in the salary cap too, you know, having a little flexibility to go out and and maybe spend a little bit more on a guy. If you need, uh, you see it, see it happen a lot in baseball these days, you know, where a guy overprices himself in free agency and sits out until the summer. He's like, okay, now I'm ready to come in for 5 million instead of 10 million. Um, but now you've got some flexibility to do that type of stuff too. Yeah. No, absolutely. You're correct. And, uh, just came to mind. Somebody asked about the top five quarterbacks for next year. Also a couple guys that, um, I meant to mention, but I was just uh, trying to rat- rattle them off my head, not rattler them off my head, but um, Carson Strong for Nevada is one that I've been impressed with. He's not fleet that I love for the quarterback position, but he's got arm talent. He can sling the ball around. He's very fun. And a couple guys that are rising in the um, outside the power five is there's a Jake Hayner from Fresno state who had an, just an incredible game at UCLA. Um, I like him a lot. And then uh, Western Michigan has Caleb Ellaby, um, who's impressed me a lot as well. So there's some names to watch. Um, and obviously with Teddy Bridgewater, uh, one-year contract, Drew Locke losing the starting job, been up and down in his career. You know, it's definitely something to think about. Right now I'm on the edge rusher, tackle, or cornerback train. Um, but quarterback's always there. Well, and, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about that <clears throat> wide receivers starting to become more of a a need as well. You know, oh, yeah. instead of I, – I think we talked about this – we talk a lot yesterday morning this morning was that it just run morning? together you know about maybe it's it's worth taking a, a receiver in the middle rounds every draft but now maybe yeah. instead of a fifth you become third maybe instead of a fourth you might move them up to the end of the second yeah and it always depends on like the guy that fits the skill set you want how your board falls etc cetera, etc cetera. you never want to go into the draft and be like okay we have to come out with position x because if the board doesn't fall that way you're going to take a bad player and you're going to end up like the Raiders taking Damon Arnett when you wanted just a cornerback, you're going to take AJ Terrell and poof, he's gone. Um, so uh, go ahead, Scott, you can, you, know, you can go get some water. It's all good. I'm, all this talking, my voice is going to give out. I got to get, I, I finished my water already. I'll be right back y'all. Yeah, no, no, no issues there. Uh, Scott also was having some very hot spring rolls uh, before he uh, joined us today. So got to, got to cool down. Um, but yeah, I want to talk a little bit of KJ Hamler and it's just, it's really unfortunate for the Broncos to lose, lose KJ Hamler. He's still only 22 years old. Um, but the facts are, this is the second ACL on the same uh, knee. And also it was not just the ACL. There was some other stuff. Now, just medically speaking, it probably is a damage to the LCL as well. Um, and that is the same injury that Robert Griffin suffered that really caused him to uh, just lose a lot of explosiveness in that knee. So we're probably not talking a 12 month recovery for KJ Hamler. We might be talking, you know, 12 or 16 months, 18 months. So you may have to just totally reevaluate what your position is for wider wide receiver position going forward. That could impact what you're doing with Tim Patrick. That could impact what you're doing Cortland Sun, free agency in the draft. So it sucks for KJ Hamler, but I'm guessing we might not see a him fingers crossed, you know, but we won't know until we get closer to where we have to actually make decisions. But um, I'm not really counting on KJ Hamler to be an impact player potentially until 2023. And that just, that sucks. You know, I mean, that's even that, because you know, we talk about the receiver position we said, you know, an injury to a bigger receiver isn't going to affect him as much because his size is still his greatest asset. But when speed and quickness is your biggest asset, tearing up that knee twice is uh, it's going to be tougher. You lose 5% from what you were, and you're only at 95% with the small margins at the NFL. I mean, that that could be enough. So, you know, prayers going out for KJ Hamler that his recovery goes well and he's able to go out and, and still have a very productive career. But he's got a – he's going to have some tough days ahead of him for sure. Uh, Jelly comes back in. Appreciate you. That's, that double dip in. Um, Jamie Collins is a free agent now. Any Any thoughts on him, Nick? Uh, Jamie Collins looks old and slow and is detrimental in coverage. And I'm not sure that uh, he fits what the Broncos are looking for from the linebacker position. I wouldn't be shocked if he crawls his way back to the Patriots or ends up in a Bill Belichick disciple defense with the Miami Dolphins. But uh, I'm more honest to God, I'm more interested in seeing what Micah Kaiser can do at the linebacker position than spending that cap money at uh, there or not just Micah Kaiser, obviously Justin Stranod and Alexander Johnson there, but I don't have any interest in uh, Micah Kaiser to be completely, or excuse me, Jamie Collins to be completely honest. I thought he's looked toast for a few years and uh, I'm not looking to spend money, just spend money. You're going to need it this off season. You got quarterback questions. 
you got Von Miller questions. You got wide receivers that you got to pay. So uh, I want to hold on to that cap. Uh, Seth also linebacker is a position where like, it's good to have depth there, but it's not like you're rotating those guys crazy. Like you are your defensive line, your cornerbacks, your wide receivers. So I don't know if it's worth it to spend that much money on a guy who might not even be a starter for you. Seth Harmon coming in. I love that orange $20 super chat over on YouTube. Uh, what do you guys think of Gates golden Tate's production would look like in Denver? Apparently there's some stuff off the field that has some issues for golden Tate. Um, that people are avoiding him right now. Uh, that's one of the reasons that he's not signed right now, it sounds like. Uh, so I think he would be fine in Denver. I think he's a very fun player as well. Like, I really enjoyed watching him at Notre Dame when he was there, and I thought he had some good years with the Seahawks and Detroit and everything. And he had a great year with uh, Pat Shermer and with the New York Giants as well. But uh, I, I think the Broncos signing David Moore is probably, unless you know there's a setback with KJ Hamler or, God forbid, something happens to one of the other wide receivers, maybe then you talk about that and you know overlook some of the issues. Cause like somebody like Emmanuel Sanders wasn't a saint um, for the Broncos. Of, you know, if you can play ball, you can play ball um, as long as they're not committing felonies, I guess. But, uh, but yeah. you know, he's also 11 years, 700 catches later, you know, how much yeah. treads left on the tire for golden Tate for a, you know, again, <clears throat> a bigger receiver can lose a step, you know, and, and golden yeah. Tate, he, I remember scouting him in high school and he reminded me of one of my all time favorite SEC receivers, Josh Reed, who y'all might not remember at all, but he played the receiver position like a running back with hops, you know, mm -hmm. really good after the catch. And, and he ended up becoming a much better pro than Josh Reed ever was. Um, but that, that was, I just, I remember seeing him play, which tells me he's old. <laughs> I remember, if I scouted him in high school, that means he's he's old now because I've been doing this for a long time. Um, Eleven years, he's thirty-two years old. I'm looking at it now. Uh, just turned, or yeah, he's thirty-three. He just turned thirty-three August second. So hmm. production, no, twenty-five catches, 400, 450 yards, somewhere in that neighborhood. Is that is that worth bringing him in, or are you you better off trying somebody else? I'm happy with David Moore. Honestly, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited to have him in here. And you know Jerry Judy's coming back. I think if you can go through these next three games uh, where the Broncos are, let's say, five and – what would they be? Five and three? Five and two? Whatever. When you Whatever the de trade deadline is and you're looking at a team that we – Jerry Judy's you know, coming back slowly. Uh, we want to get another weapon out there. We, we have an extra fifth to play with because of the Trinity Benson trade. Maybe then you're talking about bringing somebody in via trade. But I don't know, man. Any, any wide receiver or skill position player that's – over that 30 year old mark and you're taken away from your rollover for next year when you need that cap space, it just makes me a little hesitant. I know he's a name, but I just, I'm a little hesitant there. And you know, I also saw, name. you know, he, he's still a name, but the production, you know, tears with the giants, you know, that's not necessarily all on him, but I think he's less than 50 catches. Uh, you know, the production's gone down. He's, he's not the yeah. same golden Tate. And, and again, he plays the game almost like a running back that there's, you know, there, I'll just repeat myself. There's only so much tread left on that tire. And do you, do you is, is he the right guy to bring in? Uh, real quick, Chase Wellner and, uh, and getting the whole ball. That ball is your home. Uh, Adam Sandler, Avatar, I love it. It says, uh, Scott, how's Matt Hennessy been so far? For those of y'all that don't know, Matt is a center for the Atlanta Falcons. He's been below average, which means he's been one of the better offensive linemen for the Falcons. Uh, he's been okay. Uh, nothing to write home about. Um, expect he needs, he needs to be better if the falcons are going to do better he, he's got to be better uh, and that's pretty much across the line the entire line uh he, he's been okay uh nothing nothing too awful uh but not very good either appreciate the appreciate the super chat and we will be on nick and i will be on to talk falcons tomorrow morning uh at 10 a.m eastern we're going to talk falcons giants so we'll go over some of the some of the uh, a previous opponent for the broncos and the giants and then we will look forward to the Washington football team as the Falcons finish with three, I think three in a row. They play three NFC teams East in a row because they've already played the Eagles. They get the Giants and then they get uh, WFT next week. So appreciate you, Chase. Yeah, thank you so much, Chase. And I think somebody asked also any wide receivers to watch in the upcoming draft. I was looking for the comment where you're talking. I could not find it, but um, I am. I'll be full, fully honest with you guys. I'm a full blown Big Ten homer. I watch a lot of Big Ten football. Yeah, you're, you can be. So you don't get to see any receivers then, is what you're saying? Uh, the Big no, Ten, I'm kidding, this year, I would kidding, say. Has, I'm kidding. Yeah. But this this year specifically, I think the three of the best wide receivers in college football play in the Big Ten. Obviously, you have both Ohio State guys in uh, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. 
Um, but there's two really underrated wide receivers in the Big Ten right now. And uh, you probably, you watched the Auburn-Penn State game. Jahan Dotson, number okay. five for Penn State. That dude just made plays constantly. He's really a talented wide receiver. Um, um, I was I like more the- watching it from an Auburn point of view where I'm like, why are, does Penn State keep screwing around when this guy's throwing 95% and they can't put any pressure on him? Why are they running trick plays and doing stuff? Yeah. Uh, that wasn't Tony Franklin's – Tony Franklin? God, James, I can't James Franklin. James Franklin. Tony Franklin yep. was a, like New England Patriots quarterback in like the class of 83 or something. See what happens when you get older and all these names start going together? I can't believe these 60-year-old announcers can pull it off, honestly. Um. But uh, what, I was joking about the speed because four four guys can come from anywhere. They yeah. they're all they they come from anywhere. It doesn't matter. You know, skill position players are fast all over the place. When you hear the term SEC speed, which everybody rolls their eyes on, they're like, "Well, we got a guy that runs a four three five. Yeah, he's fast. SEC speed is in the front seven. The mm-hmm. difference between SEC speed versus other speed is in your defensive tackles, defensive end, and linebackers." That's where the speed comes from when you hear the phrase SEC speed. Not cornerbacks and receivers. Everybody has fast cornerbacks and receivers. Yep, it's the NFL big boys <laughs> that's making the SEC up there. Um, but uh, the other wide receiver that I like a lot that's caught my attention watching Maryland uh, is Dante Demas Jr. Um, so another guy to watch out for there if you're looking for maybe a wide receiver to keep an eye on. Um I want to talk a little bit also, um, John Brown. Uh, he's somebody who the Broncos maybe have been linked with as well. I think, again, probably not likely now that David Moore is here. Uh, John Brown has tried around a few teams so far this year. He's another one who's over 30. He has had injuries. He also has sickle cell trait, not full-blown sickle cell, man- cell anemia, but sickle cell trait, which could uh, deter the Broncos or him from coming to Denver. Uh, he did play in Denver before it, he found out he had sickle cell trait, um, but uh, still, it's something that uh, you have to take a... Uh, at least put that in. It's a variable uh, when you're deciding if you want to bring him in or not. Well, I'm trying to look up the Falcons team stats um, because he was brought in for a workout with the Atlanta Falcons. And they're, let me see if I can find their leading receiver. Let me see if I can find this real quick. Receiving. The leading receiver is Calvin Ridley with 175 yards. The next leading receiver is Alameda Zacchaeus with 54 yards. That's your second leading wide receiver. Um, and then that's it. The next guy isn't even over over 50 yards. This is through three games with a quarterback that's thrown for the 10th most yard in the history of this game in Matt Ryan. Long story short, Falcons brought in Brown for a, a workout and didn't sign him. They're yeah. starving for a wide receiver. Now, I, I firmly believe in trust your own evaluations, but if he didn't even get signed to the practice squad for the Atlanta Falcons, you know, maybe it was on him. Maybe he says, you know, I see this garbage. Uh, I, I, I don't want to play here. And it, it may have been on him. But if the Falcons aren't signing this guy, he cannot possibly play for the Denver Broncos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not uh, not really the, the biggest thing. Uh, at least you don't want to bring him in. We got Dave from Georgia. He's asked oh, a few I'm times. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. Uh, I just stepped on you. Um, tight okay. end. So we're talking receivers, the, the wide receiver position. Uh, Pitts is um, the third leaving receiver. He's got 11 catches for 139 yards. Uh, but uh, I was talking, and the, the next, the, the second leading receiver is is uh, running back Cordero Patterson. So, but as far as receivers go, the second leading receiver has 50 yards in three games. So yeah, not great. And they didn't sign John Brown or offer him a contract. Best I know. Not great. Uh, Dave from Georgia asking about JT Daniels from Georgia as a draft pick. Um, I'm a tools guy when it comes to the quarterback, at least for the beginning eyeball test. It's a, there's a reason. One of the reasons that I wasn't so big on Mac Jones. Now, obviously um, he could still be successful, um, but like it's a foot in the door conversation for me when it comes to the quarterbacks, you know, you have the big guy with the big arm. Um, and then after that, it's the, you know, the work ethic, the intelligence, making the right read accuracy, et cetera. I just don't see the, the tools from JT Daniels. I think he can be a fine, maybe a day two pick um, and a game manager type, which uh, that maybe I'm disparaging JT Daniels right now for you, Dave. I don't want to do that. Let me just uh, put this into, I think Georgia's the best team in college football right now. They're just incredible right now. They're killing teams. I can't wait for Georgia Bama, um, but the J- JT Daniels, not my type of quarterback. I probably wouldn't be looking to bring uh, or use a draft capital on him personally. And I haven't watched him a ton yet, to be honest with you. I will as they start playing some more interesting mm-hmm. games. I think they were up 35 to nothing on Vanderbilt, and their leading passer had like 125 yards, and their leading rusher had like 70 yards. Basically, 
they had 10 guys that all did that against Vanderbilt. Um, yeah. They they just haven't played a lot of it. I watched I watched them both. Actually, that's not true. It was just fairly forgettable. I watched them against Clemson. Yeah. And the two offenses struggled so badly in that game that you, if that was the only game you watched, you would write off both quarterbacks. And that's too small a sample size. Um, you know, so I wasn't I'm not ready to give up on on those guys for sure. Uh Lawrence Rivera came in with the stars uh, a little bit uh, earlier. And you'll have to put this in here if you were talking about um the wide receivers, big receiver. I love big receivers. Said so we need someone big that can use his body to truck someone. We got the cash. Um, could be talking about running back, could be talking about a lot of things in this in this sport. Um, but uh, you know, I, I'm a fan of the I'm a big fan of the big wide receivers. Like I said, you, you see that one play to Tim Patrick up the right flank, and he's he's open because he's big. One yeah. off coverage, throw it up and see what happens. But uh, appreciate the the contribution. Yeah, uh, and Shane I wanted to get back in earlier too. Uh, let me find the stars. Stars are a little bit harder to find. <clears throat> Takes me a little bit of work. So um apologize. I miss you guys at the Mile High Huddle meetup. And um I miss you guys too. Uh this is we've been doing this a while. And like I said, um we're gonna make this happen. I'm gonna get out there next time because uh I miss I miss meeting everybody. Uh I, I been part of these online communities for so long i know how important they can be and it's fun to get up and, and meet people face to face so we'll make that happen next time appreciate you sharing yeah. no i totally agree um want to get out there you guys come to seattle next year let's let's hang out in seattle i know the broncos play in seattle as long as it's not doesn't fall on a wedding which i have a bunch next year including my sister so can't miss that one guys unfortunately not not unfortunately love you Alyssa. but uh jay i want to get to this one real quick uh, which receiver will be on teddy's hit list for terrible throws i think jay is just trying to bait here um but i want to say there is a obviously the throw that got kj hamler injured which was soft contact uh right that wasn't he didn't get absolutely cream but he came down wrong came down weird um, but there was a throw in the exact same area of the field, uh, similar looking route to Tim Patrick that Tim Patrick came out with. And it was a beautiful throw. And uh, you're playing your you're hoping your guy to go up there and get it. That's football sometimes. Right. Like that's just going to happen. So I, I don't know this. Uh, this talk about Teddy Bridgewater and hospital balls. Not not for me. Not not about it. I, I don't know what's going on there. Um, was it a bad decision? Yes. But uh, I've seen hospital balls. I've watched Iowa Hawkeyes quarterbacks over the last few seasons. I've seen them. Many times, um, a lot of times they are just the wide receiver can't even make a play on them. Um, I would not put that in there, though. No, the definition of a hospital ball is leading somebody into a big hit, not throwing a jump ball and and having somebody come down wrong. Um, yeah. it, was it a bad decision? Yeah. Was it a bad throw? Yeah. Was it a hospital ball? No, absolutely not. I, I, the, the way I described it earlier was said that would basically be like blaming a shooting guard for missing a three-pointer and your power forward goes up for a rebound and comes down and, and twists his knee. It was his fault. He, he shouldn't have missed a shot uh, or he should have passed it harder. You know, that that's nonsense. You know, what yeah. are we going to tell guys not to jump up for contested balls? Is that, is that your, your solution to this is don't jump up for contested balls, the balls in the air and, and you're in traffic. Don't go up and get it because you might get hurt. Yeah. That, that's nonsense. Anyway. Yeah, and a lot of the hospital balls, too, are a lot of times it's over the middle of the field. You know, it's a crosser yeah. with an overhang linebacker yeah. or safety, and they yeah. come and they just kill them. It's not that well, whole shot. What we think of as hospital balls, have basically the hits that occur from those have basically been made illegal in the NFL. You're yeah. not allowed to just run into a guy who's focused on the ball. That's illegal now. You're not allowed to do that anymore. Yeah. Um, go punch up Steve Atwater highlights, and you'll see what hospital balls look like because he was on the delivering end of the pain that you can inflict on a ball when you lead somebody to a defensive back or a linebacker. Yeah, and if you, Jay, if you have an issue with uh, the 5'9 receiver for that call, um, take it up with Shermer, honestly. <clears throat> he designed that. That's a cover two beater right there. That's the whole shot where it's in between the flat defender and the two safety overhang on that side, and that's where the ball should go. Now, granted, not enough time, not enough zip. Should have made that throw. Yes, but I, I totally disagree. I it, bad throw, but I just think. Yeah, no, I, I, and I'll go with Jeremy on this one. Was it a bad throw? Yeah. Was it a bad decision? Yeah. Uh, is that why KJ Hamler is hurt? No, that's football. It happens. Yep. Um, and that's. I mean, I remember. I don't know if you probably didn't watch, but Broncos country will remember. There was a big debate on. It would have been 2018 when the Broncos played the Chiefs and Case Keenum through a terrible ball that the Broncos could have won. And everyone's like, Oh, why did Demarius Thomas slow down? It's cover two. He is pulling, he's throttling down for the space. Otherwise he's going to run right into that safety in case Keenum just throws it 
almost essentially out of bounds. Like that's, that's the spot where you got to throw that ball. So it's just, you know, not everybody has to know coverage. It's fine, but that's, you know, that's, that's the thing. And, uh, and Kiako, appreciate the the shout out. I know how much you mean to this community and how much you mean to the mile high huddle guys. And I got to see you at least on, uh, on the gut reaction on there. So um, I'm glad I got to get to see you, even if I didn't get to meet you in person or meet all of y'all in person. Um, and, and Brandon Reagan coming in and says, what do you think it would take to get Sterling Shepard from the Giants? And Nick would be better at this than me um, as far as what is the going rate for a number one wide receiver? Because Sterling Shepard, I believe, is a number one. He's, yeah, uh, I love he, he's a number one. So, you know, what does it take to get him? He's, what, probably five years into it. So he was about 27, 28, still in his prime. Um and uh, a legit number one receiver who can make the contested catch, who can run after the catch, can make the hard. He, he, he can do it all. He's a, just a great wide receiver. What would it cost you to get a number to get a, a number one wide receiver in his prime? It's the it's going to start with at least a first round draft pick, don't you think? Oh, for Sterling Shepard and his big contract with his injury history, I was going to say a, a two. I okay. mean, we know how it's, if it's not a quarterback, I mean, CJ Henderson just went for a three. So Sterling Shepard. Yeah, but that, that was somebody they're deal. trying to, they're saying we missed on this guy. He sucks. We don't want him anymore. And he's a problem. Take him please. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of it. I think, I think you're more likely talking about a late second or an early third type of situation for Sterling. Also just because his contract is big. Now, granted uh, none of his guarantees will carry over. So whatever mm-hmm. team would get him, uh, would have just the base salary and the roster bonus and whatnot. And they could, that gives them a lot of leverage as far as negotiating well, a new contract or moving on turn 29 before next season too. So yeah. um, getting on in years, but not too bad, but uh, he's great though. I love Sterling Shepard. If he was available and Jerry Judy, let's say Jerry Judy's ankle is messed up and, and the Broncos are like five and two or something like that at the trade deadline and the giants are out of it. I would be all about Sterling Shepard. And he doesn't have quite the production that you might expect, but part of that I put on the New York Giants offense. You know, he, his, he's got a 700 yards, 870 yards, uh, only 656 last year, but, you know, only played in 12 games. But I think here's what you're talking about, Nick. Here's the one that's scary for his six years in the NFL. Excuse me. Uh, game started 16, 10, 16, 10, 12. Yep. So he's missed an entire season over the course of his six years with uh, with injuries. So yeah, I think you're probably right about that for sure. He's he's I, I just I don't I don't watch him enough that when I do see him, I'm like, wow, that guy's really good. But yeah. you know, I, I could just be see he is really good, but is he is he dependable enough for uh, a number one type of draft pick? Probably not. You're, you're you're I agree with you on that one. Thank you. And the issue with that is the uh, the contract as well. He's got like I think three years after this also, um, and it's a decent sum and you already have Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. Uh, are you making your bed going with those guys instead? Or are you going to cut uh, him after trading a high draft pick for him? I don't know, but if you're going for it this year, you think really good about it and Judy's ankle is still off. Um, it's an issue. And uh, Jay, I think didn't Judy's issue come after the catch um, with his issue, ankle issue happening. So uh, I don't know what's going on with uh, the comments up there. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit of Ravens, just dipping our toe in it a little bit. We're going to save mm-hmm. the best for Thursday morning when we're talking the Ravens. But I shared a stat with you before the you and Chad before the live stream kicked off is that Lamar Jackson right now, what an amazing statistic leading the NFL right now, yards per carry, yards per completion. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's insane. That's, that's the dream, game. isn't it? Isn't that the dream when you got a mobile quarterback? Amazing. Isn't that the dream? I mean, he's 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 running the ball when you need it, and he's making the long throws. Uh, he's he's pretty talented, you know. And there's there's some inconsistencies in his game, but when he's on, he's the best player in the NFL. <laughs> when yeah. he's you know when he's hot, when he's in on form, as we like to say, um, then he's he's pretty dangerous. Yep. And I saw somebody also asking earlier, what does it sound like for the uh, Broncos guard situations with Breisner suffering the foot injury? He was in a boot after the game. Um, and uh, I think Glasgow had a hip injury. I think it's a hip. Um, it's possible that neither of those guys play uh, this week, which is an issue because you have to go up against a Calais Campbell and a uh, banged up, but still effective Derek Wolf. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there with the Broncos, um, especially because the interior offensive line was already struggling. And uh, you're going from Glasgow and Reisner, who were, were, you know, doing better in pass pro than run run blocking. And Moody was pretty good last week also. I think he's coming into his own. Um, but uh, it could be an issue. And with how much 
uh, Wink uh, Martindale. Wink Martindale loves to blitz, probably the highest rate of blitzing and cover zero in the NFL. Um, the offensive line is going to have to know what like their time. sitcom name. Wink Martindale. I think he was a Broncos defense coordinator there for a little bit too, back in the Shanahan days. Um, but uh, no, they're going to have to be really in sync and understand what their projections are and their assignments because they like to overload the offensive line with their blitzes. And Teddy's been amazing under pressure. And if they're playing cover zero, you know, you have you, you have one-on-one routes with either Cortland Sutton or Tim Patrick outside, throw those up, but it'll be a really interesting matchup to see what the Broncos offensive line does. They need to run the ball more efficiently. I don't know if this is the week that it's going to happen, but uh, that's probably my biggest complaint. It's so great not to be bitching and moaning about quarterback anymore. I mean, we still kind of do, but like, it's not always like, well, it doesn't even matter because the quarterback, but um, the offensive line, interior offensive line, the run game has to be much more efficient. Yeah, and you know, we said going in last week, based on the the team you were playing against, the run game was going to get better, and it and it did. Um, I haven't again. I haven't I haven't dove, dive, and dive deep enough into into how Baltimore is winning and losing these games, or playing the Detroit Lions so close um, to see. You know, and I'll watch that game tomorrow ahead of Thursday's Broncos for breakfast to to get an idea of how they can be beaten, but you could tell right away the way the Jets line up their defense that this was going to be the game where the, the running game started doing more. And, and like I said, I think if if the Broncos felt like they needed points, they would have been more aggressive. Yeah. You win 26 to zero, you can keep kicking field goals. She, you know, why am I going to put the ball in there and do something stupid? I'll take my three points and extend my lead. Um, yeah. You know, so it was a, it was a dominant, dominating performance. And I do want to, I know every game in the NFL, nothing's guaranteed, but once this game seemed like it was pretty obvious that the Jets were overmatched, uh, the Broncos red zone play calling, a lot of people were criticizing uh, Shermer for that. Why would he need to show his hand, right? Like your red zone plays need to be those money makers. Like this is one that's going to break something. We haven't shown it yet. Um, and we're going to guarantee points quarterback. This guy's going to be open quarterback. Go here. There's no reason to show that if you're winning by so much and you can just do a simple, you know, outside zone stretch. The and bread and butter runs. that every team runs. Don't mm-hmm. you don't have to show your hand. This, mm-hmm. this is a sad Jets team. So I, so I think that sh- uh, criticism of Shermer was greatly uh, overstated. Yeah. It's not really a situation. I, I told y'all before that it, it reminds me a little bit of um, Auburn's 2000 whatever team it was that went undefeated, and Tommy Tuberville got the name Tubbershell because he'd get up, get early, and then just basically let off and let his defense and running game do the work. And that's how that's how dominant. That, that Denver has been in the first three games, they've done the same things. So we're we're going to get up. We're going to let our defense and running game win the game. We'll just grind this thing out. We don't we don't need style points. That's for us for egos. So. Yeah, and um, some people, I've heard some conversation like, well, that's why the Broncos run game efficiency numbers have been bad um, because, you know, they're running the fourth quarter and teams know they're running it. I did look at it, uh, running the success rate uh, with only the first, second, and third quarter. And the Broncos still are like 26th in the NFL, 24th in the NFL and run success rate. Uh, so part of that scheme, better, but like I said, part of that scheme, you know, what is yeah. your total offense doing? You know, you, you still have to show enough to keep people honest. And if they're going to try mm-hmm. and stack to, to, to stop the run, then Teddy Bridgewater in the passing game became becomes an extension. That short passing game becomes an extension of the running game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'd be interested. There's there's stats for everything. So I'd want to look at, you know, what what are Teddy's numbers? It's got to be high because he's completing about 80% of his passes. But what are his numbers on, on passes on targets under four yards, under three yards from the line of scrimmage? You know, he's probably hitting 90%. That is basically a handoff. Yeah. No, you are. You're correct there. And I wanted to find this just talking about Shermer right now. I know a big conversation last season about Shermer not making an offense that was good for lock and whatnot and you know utilizing more play action um the broncos so far this season have sure pat Shermer does not use tight ends he they're like top 10 and 12 personnel they're number one in the nfl and 13 personnel using three tight ends out there so poof that one's gone and also uh i think yeah the only team in the nfl running play action on early downs uh more than 50 percent of dropbacks are the denver broncos denver broncos have used play action more than any other team in the nfl maybe Shermer finally got the message i don't understand i mean it's kind of harder to run play action constantly when you have these teams starting to mimic the Broncos schematically where they are showing the two deep safeties and then changing at the snap. Um, so obviously if the quarterback's doing play action, their backs to the line of scrimmage. And then the last they saw was two safeties. And then by the time they come back around, it's completely different. Uh, that's one of the reasons that makes Vic Fangio's defense so brilliant, uh, especially in a passing game. But um, 
really, I mean, it's been, Shermer's been good this year. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater gets a lot of credit, but I think Shermer deserves maybe an apology from Broncos country as well. And I'm sure that he's grown and learned as well. Um, and having a second year with these guys, a non-pandemic year where they can install an offense actually together. But it's, uh, I think he deserves an apology from Broncos. <laughs> well, and I just, I just want everybody to remember every time that we ask, um, you know, who, who's a key player? Who's a key player on offense that you need to look out for? When we ask that to the chat, seven names pop up. You know, so there's a lot of talented players on this team, and the ball is going to get spread around a lot. I'm looking at it right now as far as Denver receiving targets right now. You know, they only had to throw the ball 25 times, and there were four, eight different targets, and no one had more than five. No one player had more than five targets against the Jets. So you're still using players, you're using them fairly equally because um, you've got a quarterback that can spread the ball around and you got people all over the place. Makes for a crappy fantasy team. I can't pick anybody on the Denver Broncos for fantasy except maybe Teddy Bridgewater and, and hopefully one of the running backs, but it sure makes for a, a good offense when you can spread the ball around like that. Yeah, um, I know that a lot of people were on him about the, uh, the last game and rightfully so, but uh, no offense, buddy. It's time. You have our first round pick at tight end. Uh, you're a team that lost wide receivers left and right so far. And uh, this is a team that wants to utilize the tight end, right? So uh, no offense. You got to play better, buddy. I, it's, I'm an Iowa homer through and through for sure. That's my, I took off my fan hat for the Broncos and put on one for the two hats for the Hawkeyes at that point. Um, but fans got to play better. So that the onus is on him. He's talking about fantasy there. And the one last thing I want to get to before we get on out of here, just a little preview and I'll, we can obviously change our mind guys come back Thursday uh, to dive more into this for Broncos for breakfast. What are the Broncos? What does Vic Fangio do with Lamar Jackson? What, I, what I picture a parachute, you know, like a, like a big net. <laughs> it's like, you know, you know, you're not going to beat us wide because we're going to be like a three point line around the goal. That's, that's kind of how I picture this, this, uh, this defense. You're not going to, you're not going to beat us long and you're not going to beat us wide. Um, if you, if you want to try and get, four or five yards at a time up the middle, fine. We're going to hit you. We're, we're going to hit you. And uh, we're going to make you earn it and make you not want to come through there. And, and uh, you know, just don't get beat by the big play. Make them – the bend but don't break makes a lot of sense against a guy like uh, like like Lamar Jackson. Before we get out of here, Naj. Naj coming in. Says, uh, Naj coming in with, hey, brothers, just tuned in. Hope all is well. With Hamler's speed being his greatest asset, how do you think this impact – uh, him long term. Uh, obviously, we don't know how bad the damage is, but I, I think this is a much more devastating injury to a player like Hamler than it is to Cortland Sutton. Um, you lose five percent of your quickness and, and acceleration and your change of direction when you're six foot four. It's not as big a deal when you lose five percent of it when you are a speed type of receiver. 5% can be the difference between being a, a number one draft pick and a, and a number seven draft pick. When you start looking at, at the combine numbers where, where, where kids start coming out that are 5'11 or 5'10 in that, in that range. Um, so this one scares me. I'm, 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 I'm scared. I'm upset for him. Um, I was watching. I saw it. He talked a little bit this morning right before we came on. I was watching. You know it's coming. I, don't, I didn't remember what play it was or what quarter it was. You see that ball go up, and you see him come down, and you, you know, he grabs his knee and goes down, and it just it makes you sick to your stomach. I'm I'm sick to my stomach for KJ Hamler, and uh, I hope I hope he gets I hope he gets better and, and gets back out there very quickly, you know, as quickly as, as possible. Obviously, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a year. It's gonna be a year for sure. Appreciate you, Naj. Yeah, thanks so much, Naj. Uh, I heard you were at the tailgate as well, so uh, sorry we missed you, but appreciate your contribution to the chat and the community as a whole. Um, I think the big thing for Lamar Jackson before we get on out of here is that he is incredible. Uh, no doubt about it. And he's probably the most unique quarterback is not probably is the most unique quarterback in football right now. And uh, I think a big thing for the Broncos is the offense has to come out hot. They cannot come out and, you know, sputter three and out punt three and out punt. Um, if the Broncos can come out hot, get a lead. It really makes the job 10 times easier for the offense. Cause then you can start to make the opposing offense at least somewhat one dimensional. Um, and one thing I'm not as worried about with the Broncos is they are a zone based defense. So at least, you know, Lamar Jackson, what you really worry about with those scrambling quarterbacks is when you're in man and your coverage guys are not, <laughs> you have like one guy who's like paying attention to the quarterback uh, eyes in the backfield and everybody else is focused on their man coverage guy. Um, not really 
the case with the zone defense, right? All the guys is all the guys' eyes gonna be facing Lamar Jackson. You can rally to the football in that case. And, and so James, uh, we lost connection right now where I can't show the chat's not coming in on this end. So I just went ahead and copied it over. Um, where we could just say, so appreciate the stars on this. And, and it's James, that's a good point. He says, I think we gotta contain him like we did Cam in Super Bowl 50. Exactly. You know, mm -hmm. keep keep him in front of you. Ben, you, you hate the phrase Ben, but don't break. Not me. Almost, I love it. <laughs> almost as much as you hate the word prevent. I hate prevent defenses, obviously. But um, I, I think this it's the right thing to do. You know, make if if you're gonna if a quarterback's gonna beat you with his legs, make him make him earn it. You know, they're not mm -hmm. all built like Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow liked going five yards and hitting somebody. Lamar Jackson, most running quarterbacks aren't gonna like that, and, and it, it'll slow them down and it'll affect their passing game. So. Absolutely. You can, and it's much easier said than done, obviously, yeah. um, you know, contain Lamar Jackson, win the game that it sounds real easy. Doesn't it? It's not, it's, it's not, but Broncos have an awful lot of talent and speed more importantly on defense to, to get it done. Yep. My biggest thing is score points early. And uh, that's, you talk about Super Bowl 50 people. I don't think people appreciate enough how much game flow impacted that game. Broncos were up 10 to nothing like that. Turn them into um, a passer. Yep. Take away, make them obvious, make them obvious. Good call. Yep, exactly. So guys, uh, went a little bit long today, but we appreciate you. Um, obviously, uh, you can find Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy, as you guys can see on the screen, but I got to let you guys know for the people who are listening after the fact, we know we got the podcast folks out there that are busy. Can't join us right now. That's fine. Uh, you can follow me also on Twitter at Nick Kendall, MHH uh, guys, make sure you're also following us at BTB football pod and at mile high huddle. Facebook folks, follow us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod and uh, YouTube folks, subscribe, like, and share. Make sure you're joining us when we are live. And also everybody, make sure you're following Scott's channel on YouTube as well. I didn't call that one out earlier. I apologize, Scott, but make sure you go to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. And I'm going to drop his sub link in the chat as well. Didn't go to Facebook because Facebook is freaking out, I guess. I don't know what's going on with Facebook. Come on, Mark Zuckerberg. God, I blame your internet. Yeah, blame my internet. There we go. I'll take it. Just, just if Teddy thrown that ball harder. This wouldn't be happening. <laughs> okay, I think you have to leave on that Sorry. one. Um, thanks everybody. Yeah, we love you too. I appreciate. I'm just, I'm just teasing Jay. I appreciate you too. We have to razz a little bit, right? This, it's not, not really a good community unless you have some good natured ribbon going on. Uh, but we'll see you guys. Uh, I'll, we'll see you guys on Scott's channel tomorrow morning if anybody wants to join for uh, some falafel falcons or whatever we want to call it in the morning french it's toast all falcons. falcons it's all it's all falcons falcons deep fried falcons um and uh then we'll see you guys thursday morning for another episode of broncos for breakfast everyone stay safe have fun enjoy the broncos being three and oh right now right like geez this is rare right we haven't had this right for a while and a lot of people are like oh they haven't played anybody you're like getting upset about it like you've beat these teams handily injuries suck but you're three and oh this is rare enjoy it just to, if you can't enjoy this, then I don't know what we're doing. Right. Like, so enjoy it. Have fun. There's some Football truth. Broncos. There's some truth to that though. Uh, you know, Mike just came in. He's got the Alabama avatar. Uh, I, I, I went to Auburn. I was a big college football fan. And I, there's certain times when your teams in college football are supposed to win. And I was like, I, I don't enjoy when they win. Cause it's like, they should have won more. We needed a, a better victory and I'm miserable when they lose. I need a new hobby. I, I need something else to do. And that's when I poured myself into the job part of things and stopped being a fan, so much a fan of the football. So if you're not enjoying yourself now, oh, go fishing, go fishing. <laughs> or do both. But just enjoy the moment, guys. Um, it's a fun season. Teddy's a great guy to cheer for. This seems like a fun team. This, this city's needed it. Um, it's a good time to be a Bronco fan. So, And also, first place in the AFC West, looking down on the last place Kansas City Chiefs. Enjoy it. Everyone, we'll see you guys later. Stay safe. Go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.